0: Welcome everyone. Today we have Sasha Stone, someone who has been working toward bringing light and sovereignty to this planet for many years, having the foresight to see that change was needed years ago. Born is a warrior of truth and justice. He is founder of the New Earth Project, Humanitad, the International Tribunal for Social Justice, the Judicial Commission of inquiry into human trafficking and sexual abuse and recently the Health Sovereignty Initiative and the Lazarus Initiative. Thank you for coming, Sasha.
1: My great pleasure, Jane. Nice to meet you.
0: Lovely to have you. And you know, I wanted to start out with you commenting on how we as a species, as, as humans, have been programmed for decades, perhaps perhaps hundreds of years. And I wanted to quote you in that true change needs to come from anchoring in the now and in order to find pure truth in manifestation, which is what my show is mostly about. And, and I wanted to prelude that with you know, a comment on how you as a musician prepped you to who you are today. I came through my darkest times as a dancer. And even as I went to university, my marks weren't that great because I was a rebel and because people didn't give me a chance. And I remember my mother sitting me down and telling me that the liberal arts were probably the best place that I could go in order to have an open mind and think for myself. And the universe has a way of leading us where we need to go in perfection. And it's where I learned about the sciences in order to become a doctor as well. But I wanted you to comment about the beauty of being a musician and listening to your own heart. It, it, it's like a it's it's such a, a deep and wonderful way to learn that.
1: Uh, I'm not sure which question to answer, and I'll try and re- recall the context of the first, which was um, about programming and about how um, conditioning and programming sort of takes place. And I think what we need to understand is that the the universe is a program and the universal mind is a program in that sense. The Akashic Record is um, a reflection of, or a library, an archive of uh, the program and the programs that uh, variously intersect and interweave in this quantum um, mystery called life um, and it's okay uh, to recognize that we are computers. We're just quantum biological computers, and we are incredibly um, um, infused with limitless capacity. Uh, the problem, of course, is where we uh, do not engage that capacity ourselves, but rather abdicate that prerogative and allow for our uh, prana or life force to be commandeered, uh, taken over, hijacked, um, usurped by uh, uh, other forces, which I loosely and somewhat humorously refer to as the Catholic Church, because the Catholic Church is a perfect metaphor for the intervention, for the serpent, for the salamander, for the for the golem, for the creature that positions itself between us and our salvation, uh, between us and our redemption, between us and our idea of God. So once we recognize that a program describes everything, uh, an agenda is a program, an idea is a program, um, a biological entity that um, that emerges into the field of expression is a program. That's not the problem. The problem is where do you and I abdicate or abnegate is the true word, our sovereign expression. Uh, and of course it begins when we infract our own conscience or when we permit our conscience to be in, in, infracted. That's the problem. So, all of that language of complexity can really come down to a very simple language of coin or conscience. And so, when we're talking about uh, programs, universal, galactic, or otherwise, I like to reduce that language down to simply the geometry of now, which is um, me and my relationship with self as it relates to the universal field of expression, because the universal field of expression is only a feedback program. It was only ever a perfect feedback program. So whatever deficit exists within moi, within me, that deficit or that shadow or that vacuum or that void, that unresolved aspect of me is going to naturally Project itself through the subconscious, subliminal expression into the field, and then the universe will lean back in and play the game that I or the program that I am willing it to program. So when COVID comes at you in your high stri- street or in your in your suburb, and uh, and the, and the Gestapo are knocking on the door with truncheons and syringes and God knows what else, please understand that this is the game that you are playing. This is the game that you, whoever you are, wherever you are situated in the world, this is your program, and you are the one who is programming the field. So hard to understand when you're in a victim mode, and let's face it, most human beings are entrapped within the victim mode because that's a safe excuse. That's a safe space to position yourself and go, well, I can't be responsible for how fucked up life is. I couldn't possibly dream up this bizarre satanic, no, yes, you did dream it up. You just didn't dream it up in the conscious mind, but you allowed the abdicated or abnegated aspects of self and the unresolved aspects of self and all of that unutilized prana or life force or genius or supernature, divine light that comes through you from birth, all of that energy form that you did not purpose consciously into the field in your own sense of affirmation or creative expansion or any kind of positive uh, 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 aspect that will naturally be form the egregore so the unresolved utility of life force that i bring into this world that i do not utilize towards creativity, expansion, and affirmation will naturally move into the universal field and become the utility of the other. And the other becomes the shadow land, becomes the demonic realms, becomes the lower astral realms, and also becomes the utility of extraterrestrial intelligences, uh, both malevolent and uh, benevolent. But we're concerned here, with the malevolent intelligences that use human unresolved or unrequited life force, and then they beam it back on us. So again, it's a program, it's all a program, and that's not the issue. The issue is to what extent do I permission the other to intervene, intercede, hijack, commandeer, steal, parasite my life force, and then reflect that back to me as Mutations in the field, incoherence in the field, war, disease, poverty, or entropy, death. Death itself is a a mutancy in the program. Disease is a mutancy in the program. And we collectively and me individually are the ones responsible for that cacophony. So this is what the beautiful thing about uh, on my uh, private call I just mentioned earlier with, with David Icke. We spoke for about an hour and much of what David was saying corresponds absolutely with my sense of dimension right now, which is that this is a perfect unfoldment. This COVID hysteria, this mania, this uh, satanic, luciferic abomination of reality right now is perfectly anointed and perfectly appointed because it's us speaking to ourselves in the harshest possible language like, hey, baby, wake up. Now is the time where you will face your reckoning. Whoever you are, wherever you are, and the reckoning will take place at the level of mind, body, and soul, moving all the way down to the mitochondria, literally, literally, to your DNA expression and the song of ancestors that courses through your blood. Let's not forget, each of us are also carrying legacy programs. And those legacy programs need to also be resolved. And every one of us, when we incarnated and we went in utero and steered our soul plasma into the womb of our mothers, we knew at the oversoul level what we were doing. We absolutely knew before we drank the cup of forgetfulness and awoke in this world, this uh mysterious, um, uh, uh, cauterized, quarantined uh, uh, quadrant of the multiverse that we know as our universe. Uh.
0: Yeah. So we need to take responsibility for being here and where we're at now. And then we
1: need, we need to take absolute responsibility. And that's the beauty of it. The reckoning is a determination that you are invited to take and to make about the alpha omega of expression as it relates to you. And when you awaken within this dream spell, the point of actualization or awakening is is essentially that you can look perfectly at your reflection in the mirror without blinking. And by not blinking, what I mean is without judging. Because when you have learned the art of witness as opposed to judgment, where you can bear witness and you can see without blinking the perfect reflection of self in life, That moment is the moment of true reckoning. And that's also the moment of actualization. And that's the flaming of the human heart. And that is where we move into supernature. And that is what takes us into our divine aspect. And it's what we all crave. We are all of us craving a reconvention with the immanent, divine supernature that is our birthright.
0: Yeah. So in many ways, we've been taught to look outside ourselves. For salvation, and what you're saying is to look within.
1: I would take that. Um, I would take that notion closer to home and say, no, we've not been taught uh, any more than we have permissioned ourselves mm. to become indoctrinated. So, so again, the, my language becomes very absolute here because we must remove ourselves surgically from any notion of victimization or victimhood. It wasn't done to us. It was us doing it to self. Therefore, I was the one instructing the field to teach me bad policies or bad ideas. So when I, when I project into the field a full spectrum um, a resolution at my own level of soul, then that's beaming into the universe. The universe is responding and resolution comes back to me. Remedy comes back to me. Healing naturally comes back into my cells and into my mitochondria, into my uh, atomic structure. Everything starts to move back into coherence at the level of geometry. uh, More than that, at the level of the geometry of light, which is really what we should concern ourselves with.
0: Yeah, beautiful. And I don't even know where to go with that. Like geometry of light, just comment more on that. It's what we need to.
1: Well, what, what what we need to do is, in understanding what I mean by the geometry of light, it's a it's, a, it's an explicit um, way of describing what lies beneath even the geometry of light, which would be vibrational patterns or patternation. And behind the vibrational patterns of so-called reality, whether you're talking 3D, 5D, hyperdimensional, subdimensional, I'm regarding it as alpha-omega. So uh, even behind vibrational patternational patterns, you've got sound, ohm, um, tone, music, music yeah. Yeah. And, and so ultimately I, I should be referring to it all as Aum or as a universal song, but but it, it's the it's the the geometry of light is what we can cogitate with the human brain because we can understand. Uh, simple notions like the correct angle of light coming into a biological cell will infuse that biological cell with the correct degree of trace minerals and vitamins, for instance, which is light born Everything is carried on light. Don't believe any of the bullshit. i need to turn this slide off finally. Don't believe any of the bullshit that we're taught um, by, uh, by by school books or by uh, university curricula. No, we, we should be focusing on that which is that which we can see touch and feel and 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 know to be thus Uh, most of my um uh, protestations in the last couple of years have been really uh, uh, urging and arguing with people to do just that to to know what you know see what you see touch what you touch feel what you feel and be how you be. So authenticity in expression becomes the key signature here to being able to understand what I mean by the geometry of light. So the geometry of light is the angle at which light comes in and how it then um, establishes the building blocks of reality from the so-called atomic level, and atoms don't exist. That's an actual nonsensical idea. But let's talk in that uh, puerile a uh, kindergarten term of atomic structures. So let's talk in terms of atoms, molecules, cells, uh, and that, that then compound to make organs, to, to make, you know, uh, life forms, and so on and so forth. It's all a fractal. So I'm talking about fractality, and I'm talking about the degree to which the fractal, be it a, be it the, you know, be it the an, a, a fractal within a fruit fly or a fractal within uh, within an Elohim it's all connected to the same language of geometry and the geometry of light the 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 the, the capacitance of an uh, of an angelic being a Celestine being the capacitance of that Celestine being to receive light into its being and then as a capacitor of life light to emit and radiate accordingly and beam expression into the field. Or, as a fruit fly, a very innocuous and cute little uh, microscopic aspect of, of, uh, of, of our terrestrial life forms move into that fruit fly. It's a, it's a very simple, it's a very, very simple um, uh, molecular and atomic structure, that little creature. But it is still... Drinking in a certain quotient of light and the geometry of light is perfect for that creature. And what makes that fruit fly more evolved than you and I, Jane, is the fact that that fruit fly can move um, its, its, its vehicle and conduct right angles and it could move at a velocity of speed in proportion to its mass um, that would pulverize a human being if we tried to do that. So a fruit fly can do shit that we can't even dream about doing. <laughs> really? And that's and that, and that, curiously enough, is connected to the geometry of the exoskeleton of the fruit fly. Same as the bumblebee, same as the hummingbird. You know, we we start to get into how the geometry and the geometry of light or capacitance um, is, is everything in terms of how we can meet. A perfect expression in this world, and and have fun, not just in this world, in all worlds, where we're getting to the point um, where we will be able to invoke Merkaba, which is our individuated spaceship. It's what we're all born with, and once we're fully actualized and have our so-called codons fully wired up and firing on all cylinders, um, and which means to say that the geometry of of Us will be perfect capacitance for that quotient of light bearing, then we will be able to instantaneously um, activate the Merkaba, the so called Merkaba, the star tetrahedron, um, innate uh, forms that exist around a sentient spark of a human being. Uh, People like Nassim Harriman are far better describing that than I am.
0: It's incredible, really. And I believe that that is where humanity. Is meant to go at this time. There seems to be, you know, a bit of playing with our ability to do so, but it's remembering, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. Uh, that that's a beautiful word, and and it's a very very timely one. I I raised the specter of authenticity um, ten minutes ago, and but uh, in, in in tandem to authenticity, I would agree. Remembrance is seminal. Uh, remember who you are, who you be. And and in that remembrance um, comes back supernature because we never left it. We are all of us immanent geniuses. We are all of us the Elohim. We are all of us the highest forms of uh, of intelligence uh, in the universe. It's just that we've, uh, in our 3D temporal hominid form, we have uh, momentarily uh, relinquished that supernature for good reason. When you get into the, 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 the why of this bizarre business of incarnating as a human, and when we get into the true knowing of why we chose to soul migrate, incarnate, and be a part of this abomination, this delightful, extraordinary abomination of, uh, of uh, life as a human, especially as a time like this, which is so painful, so fractured, so incoherent, so deeply, deeply sorrowful. When we get back into the knowing of the why, everything begins to make absolute sense. And again, to use that term, the geometry is restored to our thinking, or to, as Russell J Gould, Postmaster General, would say, to our condition of thinking. And condition of thinking becomes everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. So to realize, even to realize it helps us break free. What what were some of the ways that you remembered who you were? Was was it? From being a musician, and sound no. has such a no,
1: <laughs> no, no. I, 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 I've spoken to some extent. I'm not sure I've ever spoken in, in the public domain about how I became obsessed with music and musicality and sound and tone. And I was never a musician. I'm, a, I'm, I'm just, a, I'm a disaster. I'm not a musician. I'm, a, I'm a writer. I'm a songwriter. <laughs> I'm a singer, a songwriter, performer. That's what that was my wheelhouse. Um, I guess strum a guitar and write write songs on a guitar. Oh,
0: just as beautiful and a, though.
1: And on a piano, but but no, mm-hmm. but I, I worked with the world class musicians, and and to to be in that field is is a very different thing altogether. So no, it's not that it's not that music. Um, was in me as a technique. Music came into me as a soul stream uh, through one um, interfacing I had with what you would call angels in the late 1980s, and that was just something that occurred to me middle of one afternoon in in Cologne, Germany. Uh, I was traveling with a master at the time, and I just had an epiphany one afternoon when I was told to go and lie down uh, for a couple of hours whilst my master attended to something else. Um, and I went and lay down in a room and I was pissed off because I was bored and I didn't want to sleep and I wasn't going to sleep. I never sleep in the afternoon. I lay down on the bed and there was a visitation and I was pulled out of body. And I spent uh, time. I'm not sure, two or three hours, whatever it was. I don't know. I can't remember the time with um, with these angelic beings. But what they did in that space time vector was they infused me with song. And prior to that moment, I'd never I never owned a record player as a kid. I'd never wanted to listen to music. I didn't listen to music and I didn't want to have any. It wasn't my gig, Uh, but instantly I was infused. And when I was put back into body, which was a, a beautiful process I was allowed to witness, which has now given me the which gave me the understanding of what I call inverse ascension or reverse ascension. So I understand the mechanics of ascension. It's why it's one of the themes I speak to now in my middle age, because I experienced what I experienced. What I experienced is what I saw is what I touched is what I felt. And it's what I was, what I, you know, how what I became in that extraordinary uh, interfacing with these angelic beings. And I know that it was the song that was put into me or the tone and the beautiful celestial sounds that were imbued in me in that afternoon session. Uh, when I was put in, in my star body and able to witness my star body whilst my physical body was there but they were two separate bodies. And then I was allowed to, to revert from my star body back to my physical body. And I was allowed to, because I was begging them, don't let me go, go back into form. I don't want to leave the celestial form. And I was, I was essentially told in a loving, very loving, slightly humorous way. No, no, no baby, time to go. This is the fun's up. Now you got to get back with the gig that you're here for. And as I was, and but they let me be the one in charge of the process of merging my star body with my physical body. And I was allowed stop and start the process and observe it and then the most extraordinary thing happened is my physical eyes were open in on the bed and i was looking at my star body and my star body uh, was looking at my physical uh, 3d body and both of them could see each other we were the one we were the same principle but i was viewing me and the universe from a binary aspect celestine and 3d physical and i was allowed to then bring the two together in a process which i could witness the slow motion of how the star body made up of trillions of pinpricks of light came back in and then infused the physical body which then was completely healed so that experience that i had healed me completely all, all physical ailments that I had at the time, and, uh, and uh, it put song into me. So for that moment, I was able to compose and write and sing, and, and I, I spent the next nine, ten years of my life completely um, given to song. But And I'm now getting to the answer to the question, forgive me. The answer to the question is, yes, that aspect of being um, being inducted into the realm of song, sound, did absolutely manifestly change me and um, format me, let's say, uh, for at least the next 10 years. And then that led to, 10 years later, another epiphany experience which saw the genesis of what I do now and the birth of Humanitad and all the work that I do was connected to another experience uh, which was um, extraordinarily profound but knocked me out for about two years. I was rendered pretty much... You know useless for a couple of years i had to recover from the epiphany from the experience and then once i had fully recovered and come back and reassembled memory and all of that i was in a very quantum space so i again was reformatted and i speak to this now openly this year and last year because because of the weirdness of what's happening to so many people around the world and the questions which are emerging and arising about the true nature of who we are in reality. And I thought, well, I need to be more honest and go out, uh, push out that envelope a little bit more than I would normally. I would never normally speak about the spiritual experiences, my own ones, because I don't want to personalize any of this stuff. I recognize that I went through a shamanic death and rebirth and I, you know, and, and various epiphanies. Um, but they don't, I don't regard them as special, and I certainly don't regard myself as, as special. What I do know is that I've had the courage to experience those remarkable epiphanies, eyes wide open, and take the full body blow of that inter- interfacing between the demonic, the angelic, and the temporal. And it was my courage in being able to fully receive the body blows and the psychic blows of those experiences that have given me, I believe, a very rounded and holonomic or holographic quantum take on so-called reality. So I'm comfortable speaking with a metaphysician or an astrophysicist or a geometer or a a medical scientist or a a bum on the street or a surfer or a frontline activist, or whatever, I'm, I'm comfortable in morphing into any aspect of, of being and any subject matter, because I get that they're all aspects, fractal aspects of the geometry of the whole. And I know that um, we, we have been, okay, so now this gets me interesting aspect to the answer that you're kind of inviting at the start of the show, about geometry, counterpoint geometry. I now realize that the holonomic quantum conversation and keeping oneself immersed in it is a method of um, of, 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 uh, decentralizing uh, expression and reality back into its fluid moving parts so that we become what we're meant to be, which is quantum, celestine, multidimensional intelligences immortal by nature able to conduct ourselves in any quadrant or vector of the multiverse with absolute equilibrium and fearlessness, which means open the fuck up. Open yourself up. Blast your crown chakra open. Blast your heart wide open. Be in love. Fall in love with a million people at the same time and be shameless in it if that's where you're at. Don't try and play the mortal game. Don't try and format yourself in accordance or concordance with familial, family uh, ideas of reality or community, communal ideas or society, societal ideas or culture or cultural ideas of reality or civilizational ideas of reality. Those are all programs and those are all incoherent programs. The familial, societal, communal, cultural, civilizational, even the galactical program is is a mutancy because ultimately we are even above that. We are quantum, we are universal, alpha, omega. So I speak irreverently because I know I experienced what it is to move into a quantum epiphany and to survive it. And that's a shamanic death and rebirth that you better be prepared for if it happens to you, because normally speaking, it would be very difficult to reassemble after an experience like that. And let me just say, that most humans and many listening to this show will know exactly what I'm talking about because they will have gone through this. And I salute them for remembering and acknowledging it because the shamanic death and rebirth happens to every single one of us, whether we know it or not. And that's the rub. Some of us go through the shamanic death and rebirth. We don't even cogitate it. It happens and we're wiped out on alcohol or crack or whatever the fuck else. That's the problem. But it's actually happening and you wake up and you're a bum on the street and you've lost your home, you've lost your family, you've lost everything. Welcome to the underworld, sweetheart. Welcome to the shamanic death. Now, the question is, are you able to re- reboot? Can you restore and regenesize? I made that word up. Regenesize yourself. Yes, you can is the answer. Will you becomes the question. That's where addiction to false light is the problem. And you have got to deal with it. That's the reckoning as well. If it's alcohol, that is the demon right there. And you will not move into healing or remedy, sovereignty or consciousness, so long as the demon alcohol is standing in the way or standing in your blood. Because that is a beta blocker. That will block every aspect. A divine capacitance moving forward and do not convince convince yourself otherwise. Alcohol for me is the very worst, most pernicious aspect of modernity. That said, move that aside. We've also got interventionism coming at us to electromagnetic frequencies. Okay. All of the satellites, all of the EMFs, the Wi-Fi, the Bluetooth, all of it by design. Most people in the system, not understanding what they're dealing with, but this is this is electro this is electrochemical interventionism this is how the s- satanic uh, serpentine uh, borg mind of the egregore in the lower elemental realms of the astral moves in through demonic possession of people in positions of power or utility and uses them in biochemical laboratories or in the the portals of government or the administrative sector or the judiciary or on the street or in pharmacopoeia, the parent corporation, the high street, the business sector. People are variously demonically possessed to pick up and run with their little bit of the devil's work until you've got what? Glyphosates coming into every single product of food that's on the supermarket shelves all around the world. That was a satanic, and luciferic enterprise relying on the stupidity, the greed, and the ignorance of good humans, otherwise trapped in a shitty system. But those moronic uh, people, including our grandparents, got suckered into that bullshit, and they didn't listen to their conscience, and they didn't hear their conscience. And don't tell me you didn't have a conscience at that time, because you fucking did. Rudolf Steiner was around. Carl Jung was around. Uh, um, 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 yeah. Gurdjieff and Uspensky were around. Blavatsky were around. There were great way showers. 100 years ago, great way showers who were warning us about where the devil was playing. You know. But the point is, we didn't listen. Our great-grandparents and grandparents and parents didn't listen. And we all rolled our sleeves up in the 60s and 70s and got our vaccinations then. And, and inoculation against reality became part of the program because we permissioned it generationally and we, there we have it and it brings us all to the now where it is a point of reckoning because the entire the entirety of the human species in that sense is now um, on the on the precipice of extinction and that is absolutely what's programmed programmed into the fauci gates agenda yeah right right
0: back to programming. And we yes. all have the choice, don't we? Like, like you had, you were, uh, you know, awakened and came back. And we all go through that in different ways. And we have choice as to how we come out of it or succumb to it. And there are many, many paths down the the road of, like, greed and alcohol. Like you say, five G is a, is something I wanted you to comment on.
1: So 5G, I'm some something of a specialist in that sector, wow. um, and I can I can certainly lecture on it for hours or days if needs be. Um, but it, again, it's it's perfect counterpoint geometry to the unresolved aspects of the psycho intellectual remit of humans because we fail to use our psychic and intellectual faculties sufficiently, collectively and individually, generationally. And so we built up this deficit there in the psycho-intellect, in that bandwidth. And so that bandwidth is a void. It's it's a vacuum, which can now be filled by the egregore. And the egregore is filling it with 5G as a perfect counterpoint geometry, which is now going to hurt us, really hurt us, or awaken us, or kill us, or both, or all at the same time, which is the reality. People are dying of diabetes, people are dying of heart attacks, people are dying of cancers. And that's all, all to do, all death and disease is to do with incoherent electromagnetic frequency intervention at the cellular and molecular and atomic level. So be clear, if we didn't have mutated frequency, isotope frequencies coming at our cells as a toxic soup constantly, everywhere. In some places, a lot worse than others, obviously. I'm sitting here on the banks of a Laguna Bacala in Mexico, a pretty far removed from most of those harmful EMFs, but they're still around. And when the Skynet goes live with uh, Mr. Elon Musk's great fantasy, uh, well, good luck because Skynet 5G, it's over. You could be in Tibet or in Mount Kilimanjaro, you'll be nailed by 5G, tracked and traced no matter what. So Skynet going live is the real existential threat if the 5G signaling is taken that way. In cityscapes, um, East and West Coast and Middle America, all around Europe and the the developed world becomes the target of the devil because the more built up urban um, landscape that you live in, the more toxic soup it is with electromagnetic frequency entanglement. So you and your kids and your parents are going to be killed sooner rather than later if you continue to live in the Atlantean logic of a cityscape. And that's because you are taking coin over conscience, whoever you are. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your profession is. And call yourself a doctor or a nurse. Bullshit. You're still playing into this nonsense. In fact, more so than ever before. The point is anyone choosing to live in that environment is basically permissioning uh, an uh, assault against uh, their cells and against their chil- children's cells. And it does have serious ramifications, very serious ramifications. Um, um, conversely, if you are smart enough to take this uh, era of Covidiacy to a natural conclusion, you would know that this is the optimum time for you to disengage from your toxic job, whatever the fuck that thing is supposed to mean, uh, get out of Dodge, um, relocate your family and your cells to a natural habitat and with a primary water source and with uh, with, 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 with clean air and sunlight. Those are the building blocks of biology. And once you've got that and you've you've cohered your life and reformatted your family's life into community living within with with conscious loving beings um, can embraced within the bosom of, of, of the fractality of nature and natural law. Well, now you've just become the meek and the meek indeed inherit the earth and those who are not meek do not and will not. So, again, it's a choice. And it does come down, as I said to David on the call early today, to coin or conscience, coin or conscience. And if you tell yourself that you're doing it for coin in order to feed your babies, you're full of shit. And you're lying to yourself. And alas, alack, you will feel the pain of that, um, of that um, uh, inverted logic, because you cannot be looking to feed kids when you're pumping them filled with glyphosates and fluoride and aluminum and mercury and 5g uh, toxification that's not feeding your family that's killing your family so i'm speaking here quite bluntly of course to householders
0: yeah well it is a time of choice isn't it and to let go of the riverbank and trust into something more natural And
1: and sentimentality jane most people um hear what i'm saying And know that, yep, okay, he may be an annoying guy, but yeah, what he's saying does make sense to my cells. My cells are going, listen to him. And then the brain comes in and goes, hang about. And the heart comes in and goes, hang about. I inherited this house from my grandmother or whatever. And sentimentality starts to now become part of the problem. And holding on to old forms, old ideas, old narratives, old stories now becomes your addiction and you convince yourself that no, you'll manage to get through by staying in Sodom and Gomorrah, you'll be fine. Yeah, the whole world has gone to hell in a handbasket, but you'll come through safely. Good luck, good luck, because your pot plant on the, on the kitchen windowsill is not enough to see you through. It's just not, it's just not. There is not enough fractality or prana coming off that pot plant in your tenement building. And if you have no money, all the more reason to get out of Dodge. All the more reason to get out. And if you're on Social Security and if you're on, you know, government support, all the more reason to wake up, put away that cigarette, put away that beer, sit down with friends and family, get real for two weeks or two months, roll your fucking sleeves up and start to work out an exit strategy that's going to keep you and your family alive and well and thriving. And get out. You can do it if you start to purpose what creativity you have left that hasn't been robbed from these incoherent frequencies that are all around us. Again, it's all choices, and I know how sad and how difficult and how challenging some of those choices are to people. I'm well aware of that. I'm not downplaying the hardship or the difficulty that what I'm saying represents, but what I'm saying to you is this. There is universal law, Trump's fear reflex. And universal law is absolute. And it says, move toward me and I'll embrace you. Come this way and I will receive you. That's it. So once you use your creativity, your affirmation, and you ideate out of the matrix, the universal mind will embrace you and receive you. Call it baby Jesus if you want in your religion, your religious faith, if that's what you want. It's the same thing. It will receive you. It will redeem you, especially if you are the meek and you're moving into a remedy because you recognize the kingdom of the devil and you recognize the part that you have played willfully, wittingly or unwittingly. You've played your part in paying your taxes to your coin to Caesar. You have paid into the satanic game. You've paid into the human trafficking. You've paid into the ritual uh, sacrifice of innocence. You've paid in to the poisoning of, of air, soil, and water through the parent corporation and the agrochemical industries and all the other toxic contracts that exist courtesy of your satanic government and its filthy, dirty business dealings through the World Trade Organization and the World, World Bank and so on and so on. So you are the one. And we are the ones who have been granting those permissions. And more than that, it has been our coin over our conscience that has paid for Cronus to come back and destroy us.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, it's you know time to trust and have faith and listen, like you say, to your cellular biology and knowing. And it's the only way out, really. And that's why we're here.
1: Yes, but I would caveat, and of course you're right, of course you're right, if you're going to have faith in anything or trust in anything, trust in self and have faith in self, absolutely. So that's the right use and the right application of trust or faith or belief is in self and one's own immanent divine nature to come as the redeemer. Okay, no, no armchair Christianity and Islam, no, I'm not talking about uh, uh, satanic egoism. No, I'm not talking about Luciferianism. Put your gospels away for the moment. Stop clinging on to the tits of the cow of mammon, because frankly, you've all become idolaters. Okay? Just stop it and listen to the true message of the Master Jesus. Listen to the true message of Siddhartha Buddha. Listen to the true message of Prophet Muhammad, peace upon him. And you will know that they all shared exactly the same and moses shared the same uh, the same temperance which is step away from idolatry and know the difference between f- your faith and and idolatry and alas alack 99% thereabouts of christians muslims buddhists jews hindus have become idolaters, no more, no less. The same shit happens at the end of every civilizational cycle. At the end of every civilizational cycle in the past, thank God, a good prophet has come along and gone in and trashed all the idols. Muhammad did it in Kaaba uh, over a 1,000 years ago. Uh, Jesus did it over 2,000 years ago. And uh, God God bless him. And Moses did it when he came down uh, from, the, uh, from Mount Sinai and saw them worshiping the golden calf. Idolatry is hardwired into human nature as a mutancy of our true expression because it's where we allow shadow, fear, and shadow to eclipse our natural-born divine reasoning because we fail to have sufficient belief, faith, or trust in that imminent self reflection, self-realization. So, yes, I'm not talking about Satanism, Luciferianism, people. Again, I'm talking about reconvention with the divine nature that we are all of us born to. And as you rightly uh, suggest, Jane, it is that application of trust, belief, and faith that is acceptable. The bit that is not acceptable is continuing to have faith in a Bible or a gospel or a doctrine or a totem out there. Whether it's a little elephant called uh, Ganesha, or if it's a little totem called uh, Mary Magdalene, who's actually a clitoris and labia uh, in, in, in 3D form, that's all that the Madonna is an extension of, is iconography is female genitalia. That's what that icon was dreamt into being, to represent by the Catholic Church. It's all totemistic of uh, inverted uh, prana or or sex magic. So we've been suckered into and indoctrinated into uh, and propagandized into idolatry as a civilization. We're the ones who've done that to ourselves. We're the ones who must undo it (laughs) in that sense. So, yeah. This is now the time to have absolute um, absolute connection to our psionic intelligence, our gut instinct, and to follow that lead wherever it takes us because it will define the path of least resistance to the highest outcome for each of us, for sure.
0: Yeah. Oh, I've heard some beautiful stories. I have a friend who left with nothing, went to Mexico, and reconnected with someone who was taught by – someone she knew and she had no money and um, reconnected with him and is now living in his water tower <laughs> on be a, in a beautiful place, but she blesses the water. I think, you know, know her, Sasha, she's Danielle Brooks and uh yeah. blessing the yeah. water is, is something we can do so easily because it's like veins throughout the earth and we can change the vibrational message that it gives. And- Incredible. Awful. And don't
1: forget, yeah. it's not the earth. Uh, start again closer to home. It's the water in the cells, your own biological cells. If that's the real water. It's the water in the cells. And that's the capacitance that you have to connect to the water and the primary waters of the earth and the inner earth. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And toning too. I know if I do a few tones, I have animals around me and they'll get close and look me right in the eye. It's as if they can hear it at all times, you know. And I want you just to comment on on closing about toning and how I know you're very connected to whales, dolphins, animals, just some of the magic that they do for us.
1: Well, I've got better news than that to give you. Um, And that is that I'm just about to probably in a week from now at the Lazarus Symposium, I'm going to be introducing a... um, Professor, uh, he's in his mid to late eighties. This man, I believe, is the Einstein of the world today. You know, that's an insult. I'm not a fan of Albert Einstein at all. This man is a genius. Stavant. Uh, he lives outside Bucharest. Um, I've spent time with him at his home and uh, recently, in the last few weeks. And now I'm dealing with him on on Zoom and remotely. But I'm bringing him into the Lazarus uh, Initiative, into the Lazarus Symposium, in a week. And to do something, to reveal something which is going to blow the world's mind. If if this interview gets out before I release Lazarus, then you'll be the one uh, letting people know. But this extraordinary um, professor and mathematician uh, has um, discovered the algorithm after 40 or 50 years of work uh, at the top of his tree in academia. He has discovered the universal gene as he refers to it as which is his capacity or our capacity to use this algorithm now to communicate to the Akashic and speak directly to the universal mind using mathematics as the formula and using super computation or quantum computation to do the translations of the numbers. Um, But you can now put a question into the universal field and it comes back and speaks to you in perfect universal syntax, perfect. Um, So this is now, we've now taken mathematics science, and human psychointellectual inquiry to the fulmination point, to the point at which we can now actually touch the voice of God and the mind of God and speak and communicate. This algorithm also applies itself to nature. So what we are looking at coming down the pike very shortly is a sensor that you put on your forehead and a sensor that you put on a tree. And two sensors are connected to a program and a quantum computer and the tree will communicate with you and you'll communicate with the tree. You'll hear exactly what the tree is thinking and feel it, sense it telepathically. So to communicate to trees, uh, to nature, to cloud formations, to obviously to animals and birds is right now in our grasp. We're about to do that in the coming weeks and months. I'm very much getting very much involved with this group of uh, scientists uh, and principally this uh, particular gentleman. And I'll be introducing him to the world and God, I hope he's ready for the attention. I hope he's ready for the attention. So anyone interested in following this, please check out um, lazarusinitiative.com and sign up, sign up and be part of history. Cause what we're revealing uh, on the 18th of December, um, and I don't remember what the time is exactly, but go to the website and you'll see it. Um, we'll be unveiling that. And also I'm bringing another geneticist in, to the symposium i believe he's also going to be online and attending it that day and he's the leading scholar in frag genetics i met with him a couple of weeks ago also a romanian physicist and he um, is able to reassemble or reconfigure dna based on fragments of dna that are found in animals and that that means reconstituting unicorns and myth- so-called mythological animals that existed thousands possibly millions of years ago can be reconstituted and brought back into the fray now by reconstructing the, the the frag genetics very very exciting stuff when you're not talking about taking something and manipulating creating new hybrids you're talking about just resurrecting things that went extinct because of bad dreaming and resurrecting them back into the field a very different application yeah i have to i have to uh, bail in a couple of minutes forgive me i've got someone waiting out
0: there. so incredible sasha and i'll make sure all those uh connections are in the show notes so people Thank can you. find you Thank you for your time. Blessings. Continue great work. Great pleasure. God bless you, Jane. Thank you.